Welcome to Papa's House Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Charles. For more information about this service, visit Papa's House India by logging in into SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and Facebook. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will uh, speak to us. We are not here to hear a man speak uh, on Zoom for 30 minutes. We are want to hear your voice. So, I pray that you will prepare our hearts to hear from you so that you will strengthen us, so that we will reposition our hearts and minds to see the way you want us to go in the name of Jesus. So, we thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. So, this is what I felt in my heart to share uh, this morning, uh, we will be talking on the foundations of Papa's house. So, uh, and I have made the statement before, if you don't uh, remember, it's okay. When we avoid the war, when we are born for, we enter into the war that we don't have grace for. In other words, uh, certain things in life, God designed for us to face it. And when we fail to face it, we end up having consequences and when truth and this is uh, uh, this is something that we need to uh, make it very clear in our system when the truth moves from concept to conviction it changes our behavior and uh, so it's some for some of you being here in papa's house uh, you it may, it may be like a repetition what i'm going to say but bear with me because sometimes we know the truth but there is a truth behind the truth so let the holy spirit uh, take you even closer so when we move from when the truth moves from a concept like you know here god is good but when this concept that god is good uh, becomes just from the concept it moves down into conviction what happens is it affects our behavior it changes how we see god it doesn't just say god is good i know now god is good because i've experienced the goodness of god psalms 27 13 that's why the guy writes i will not die but live and declare the goodness of god in the land of living so the heart of god is the father the face of god is jesus the voice of God is the Holy Spirit and the hand of God is the church. So we are the hand of God. Okay. And the sad part of this, the hand of God is only gathered and do all good stuff on Sundays. But the rest of the days, the hand of God is tied. They think they're waiting for Sunday to come so that the hand of God, you know, we gathered to be equipped. That's why we are gathered. But that's not only the reason we are gathered. So that we gather to be equipped so that we can be scattered to transform the cities. So the heart of God is the Father. The face of God is Jesus. The voice of God is the Holy Spirit. The hand of God is the church. And I'm going to, a couple of scriptures I'm going to put on the screen. It's from the Passion Translation. And lately I got hooked up with the Passion Translation and it is so beautiful. Look at this, what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God. And I'll come to that in a minute. Break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like the prisoners of war, every thought and insist that is bow in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose to complete obedience. Now, a couple of things I wanted to highlight on. Number one, 
we tend to create a theology based on what did happen and what did not happen. And that is a very sloppy, spineless, lazy theology. If we create, say, for example, you have seen on and on, you are praying for people and then people don't get healed. We come up with a theology that God heals whoever he wants, whoever he does not want, and it's up to him and we have nothing, no right to do. And actually, that is, to be honest, that is not the word of God. The word of God says everyone who came to Jesus were healed. And do we experience that? Not necessarily. Do we experience all the time when we pray, people get healed? Not really. So that, that does not give us the permission to change our belief in God. God does healing. Some healings are instant. Some healings are process. Some healings can happen in the ways that you and me never even think of. It could be a different type of healing. It could be a healing of the relationship. It could be the healing of uh, uh, the situations, emotions. So there are a lot of things, but we sometimes tend to make a theology based on what did not work. And look at this message translation. And this is very interesting. It's the same verse, second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 to 6 and this gives you a little bit of even more a different perspective. The world is unprincipled. It's a dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. We don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have or never will. The tools of our trade are not for marketing or manipulation but they are for demolishing the entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground for every obstruction, building lives of obedience into maturity. And this is quite a mouthful, right? But the, the key is this, the tools of our trade are not for marketing or manipulation. I've said this before, if you manipulate to get something, you have to manipulate to keep it. And that's something God is inviting us as a church to come to this place where we are not using Christianity to persuade people to get inside the church so that we can have good numbers, so that we can feel good about how we are doing work and ministry. The church is built by Jesus. The church is built by Jesus, but we are given an invitation to come into this place of knowing what Jesus has already paid. Now, these are the four foundations that we closely hold on in, in Papa's house. And so if you are part of this family that you recently joined, you know, we don't say you're part of this member because we are not a church that uh, a religious church that has members uh, for undoing service. We are not doing any service to you. So you're not a member. You are a family. You belong to us. We are, we are sons and daughters. So if you are joined this family of Papa's house, this tribe, we hold these four things as foundation to us very very close the first one is the name of jesus what does the name of jesus means it is our identity it's up in the screen the name of jesus is identity amen the name of jesus it's our identity philippians 2 verse 9 says therefore god exalted him that to the highest place that gave him the name that is above every name that the name of jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and my dear brothers and sisters, I want you to think about this. Just imagine this for a moment. I just want you to think about this. The name of Jesus, Philippians 2, if you read, have time to read this, Jesus was exalted high above every name. So all the names, you name it, okay? Right now, 
traveling to Varanasi. It's a name. Uh, so the first foundation to us as Papa's house is the name of Jesus. It's the identity for us. That's what defines us. We are not defined by what we wear, what we don't wear. We are not defined by what color of clothes you wear. We are not defined by how many jewels you have or how many jewels you don't have. We are not defined by, you know, are you going to speak in tongues or not speak in tongues? We are not defined by, you know, are you going to say stotram five times or stotram 20 times? We are not defined by this. What defines us? It's the identity is defined by Jesus. He is our identity. That is the greatest weapon we have that Jesus is with us. You know, Henry Newman, a guy, he, he wrote about the five lives of identity. These are the five lives you might have seen up in the screen. I'll put it up. These are the five lives of identity that Henry Newman says, I am what I have. So, for example, if you have your old TVS 50 motorcycle and the world says, that's what who you are. You know, I am what you do. You know, I am what I do. I am what other people say or think I think of me. Number four, I am nothing more than my worst moment. Number five, I'm nothing less than my best moment. It's all lies. The world is wrapped around this. Please take a screenshot or take a notes on this because it's very important. We sometimes fall into this. I am what I have. I am what I do. You know, I am what other people say. Maybe your mom said things or your dad said things or your teacher in your school said things and people take that and put that and they, as, their, as their identity and it ripped them off from the destiny that God has for them. I am nothing more than my worst woman. Listen to me. Jesus did not give the dominion over uh, to the earth, over uh, on earth to the animals. He gave it to us because he created us in his image. It's such a privilege that we are created in the image of God. That means we tend to, we are desired, we are designed by God to carry his presence everywhere we go. But sadly, we only manifest and expect the presence of God only on Sundays. Monday to Saturdays, we hardly think that God can function. I believe God can function. Where brother, you know, uh, Jeevakani in the Indian bank, where my sister in Cochin, where she, you know, my brother Sandeep in, 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 the, in the ward, wherever you are, God's presence, you can carry it because you carry the greatest name on your life. It's called the name of Jesus. Number two, this is the number second foundation, the blood of Jesus. Amen. The blood of Jesus. Number one, the name of Jesus. Number two, the blood of Jesus. What does the blood of Jesus gives? Is our security. Nothing else. We have no other security. The highest, that's why we take communion every day. Why we encourage people to come under the revelation. The early church did it every time when they gathered together that the revelation of the blood of Jesus, this blood paid for me. This blood redeemed me. This blood pleads for me. This blood intercedes for me. You know, the blood of the animals never intercedes for you. The blood of the animals postponed the punishment. It's like bailing. It just bailed you. It just bailed. And for years and years, centuries and centuries, thousands and thousands of years, until Jesus came, finally the blood of Jesus paid the price to become our security. Hebrews 10.19 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have this confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Up in the screen. And Ephesians 2.13 says, By now in Christ Jesus, you are once far away, being brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Look at the scriptures. 1 John 1 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, that we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. It's a very powerful thing. John, who is called the lover, whom Jesus loved, and he writes this. If you really believe Jesus is your identity, if you really believe Jesus is your security, that means what Jesus did, you ought to do. What Jesus did to you, you must do. That's what he's saying. If you believe that Jesus has forgiven you, then you ought to forgive one another. That's what it says. If we walk in the light as he in the light and we have fellowship with the one another, that means your, your vertical relationship has to permeate horizontally. Sometimes people say, I just wanted to worship God. I, me and God alone. I don't care about the world. I will still not talk to my brother 10 years. I will still not talk to my sister-in-law. I will keep my mother-in-law away from the house. You know, we, we tend to have this thing. And then we say we are still Christians. No, it doesn't work like that. As you walk in the light, you are called to have fellowship with one another. Amen. Does it make sense? Amen. So, so this is, this is what the Lord has called us to do. So he has called us to put on the name of Jesus as our identity, the blood of Jesus as our security. I mean, because he is our security. What, what we are as a tribe of Papa's house, what do we do? What do we believe? We believe the name of Jesus. Why? Because he is our identity. Then what else we believe? We believe the blood of Jesus. Why? Because he is our security. Number three, this is the important thing. Another foundation. This one is called the word of God. The word of God. Number three is the word of God. And what is the word of God? The word of God is our authority. We don't go with our gimmicks. We don't go by copying some other people. We don't copy anointing. We don't copy some, uh, you know, formulas, you know, some people pushing. So we'll also push. Some people have too fast songs, too slow songs. No, we are not. We are not mimicking anything. This is who we are. The word of God, which is the spirit of God, our authority. We take the word and we say, God, in your word said, Acts 10, 38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and he went around everywhere in Judea and in Jerusalem. And he healed everyone who are under the tyranny of devil and God was with him. So that's the word of God. So we say, God, you are my identity. Your blood is my security. Now your word gives me authority. And this is what God gave Adam. Can you imagine this with me? Just imagine this. When God created Adam, what culture he had? He did not have Indian culture, American culture, even in India, Mallu culture, Tamil culture, Andhra culture, Northeast culture, you know, we are so divided, right? It's ridiculous, right? Imagine this, when God created Adam and Eve and put him in the garden, what culture he had? He had kingdom culture. That's why Romans says, the man falls short of the glory of God. What is the glory? The mind of God, the culture of God. Now, what's the authority God is giving us? The word of God puts us back into the mind of God, puts us back into the culture of God, the glory of God. Amen. This is what our foundation is, the word of God. So we take the word and we say, God, the word says, so I'm going to do it. The word says, I'm going to build. The word says, forgive. I'm going to forgive. The word says, love. I'm going to love. The word says, um, I'm not just going to be being, you know, sometimes we want to prove that we are right. 
and we hurt people. Uh, but Jesus, Jesus, if you look at how he restored people, he was not focused on winning a conversation. He was focused on winning the heart of the person. Even the rich man came and said, I have obeyed everything. You know, he, he was not trying to push him away. He was like, man, there's one thing you lack. You have something that's between you and me. That means you have made something else a God. Can you take that out? Then come. So Jesus was always going after the person to win the person's heart. And, and this is what we need to understand. The word of God is not to give, you know, as a hammer to smash people. This word of God is the one that we can use as an authority to bring people who are lost from this kingdom culture so that they can be back into the original design. I have a friend here, the house that I'm staying, I'm in Cincinnati. And uh, the, this brother who hosting us, uh, uh, he runs a printer shop. And in that printer shop, uh, uh, usually, I mean, he is well known here in this, uh, in this area. And uh, so he's one of the top guys. So he, uh, many people flock there to print uh, stuff. And one of the things he was telling the other day, uh, he, was, he was telling like, uh, many people are scared to come uh, who are non-Christians or people who are gays or, or anything who are, uh, who are scared to even come to uh, the Christian shops for printing. So one uh, gay couple came and uh, so they said, we want to print. We want to print a wedding invitation. And uh, the whole, his religious mind said, man, gay, abomination. And he took that invitation. He, this is what he said. He went to his office and he started praying, Lord, the gay people are here in my office and they wanted to do a marriage. And I know you cannot, you don't like this. How should I say no? Kick them out. And then the Lord spoke to him in a very humorous way. When a Muslim came and printed a wedding invitation, he did not say, to come to my come into your office, you know, say the Muslim people who don't believe in Jesus, well, come here. When the Hindus came, you did not say the guys who worship 330 million gods have come to print a card. I want you to go and love on them. So he he repented, he walked out of his office uh, and he said, We are willing to print your card. And uh, his office, if you go to his place, is the place is full of scriptures. So it looks like a church actually, full of scriptures. And then after he printed, he gave it to them. This gay couple said, we have never met a Christian who loves us and not judges. Now, did he agree with this, their lifestyle? No. But what's our responsibility? The word of God. The word of God is a double-edged sword. Now, I want you to think about this. How many times we Christians use this word to judge others based on your theological preference, based on your doctrinal preference, based on your understanding and you judge and we miss the heart behind us. This word is not a hammer so that you can use it for whomever you like or don't like. This word is a word that transforms. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh and transformed. Jesus transforms people. Amen. Can you believe that one day people in your neighborhood, people in your office, and I know people in India, it's very shameful to talk about gays and lesbians. I'm praying one day 
that papa's house people will come lots of gays and lesbians will come and not just keep worshiping and doing the sinful life but they will encounter the love of jesus the love will transform them and we will not just be freaked about about them because you know we we only sometimes judge somebody who sins differently than us we will come to that place where we will see the word of god brings transformation amen do you believe that i'm praying i'm praying i met one guy who was practicing gay and he said anna i wanted to change but i am having struggles you know i'm praying for him i'm praying i don't want to tell his name i'm i'm praying every day god touch him let him know that you love him amen just like i pray for others who are dealing with pornography lust or addiction to food or shopping sin is sin in the eyes of god amen wonderful so this is the third foundation the first one is the name of jesus it's our identity the blood of jesus is our security the word of god that gives our authority and authority is to to dominate that's what the bible says the bible said god gave us the power to cultivate and to and to bring the culture in this world so that's what god has given us the last but not the least and this is the key thing of of the foundation of papa's house is the praise and worship and when we talk about praise and worship my dear brothers and sisters we don't talk about praise and worship as something as a 20 minutes thing it's our attitude it's our call what's your role your role is not a doctor your role is not a bank bank manager your role is not an engineer your role is not some uh, you know uh, a missionary staff who travels around the world your role your worshiper that's your attitude that's your call you never change that call that's why god created us so we are a worshiping community we are a community that seeks to worship god and worship does not mean we got to sing louder or jump up and down worship means giving jesus the first preference of every area of your life look at psalms 100 verse 4 says enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise give thanks to him and praise his name so that means it's not just lip service it's all your life it's every part of your being are filled with the attitude of thanksgiving i mean i know really who is a worshipper who is not a worshipper by just doing a little acid test you know what is an acid test that's this acid test is to just test their pulse if they complain a lot and murmur a lot and not being grateful then they know then i know immediately they are not worshipers they are always ah charles brother life is like this ah the cmc is like this ah this vellur is like this ah this people are like ah constantly complaining murmuring you know what it means is not a worshiper but i know immediately someone said you know sometimes i hear i talk to people i say i ask you know how are you doing i one day asked a uh, uh, sharon how are you doing pastor it sucks it's challenging but god is good we are moving forward you know what does that mean worshiper Amen. You, you get the point. I'm not saying worshiper does not uh, is that worshiper fakes it. No, but a worshiper is saying yes, life is tough, but my posture towards God is a grateful heart. Amen. That's why Paul writes in Philippians chapter four. I guess it says, "In all things, give thanks to God and make your requests known." Amen. Does it make sense? now 
couple of more scriptures through Jesus that is continually offered to God a sacrifice of praise. This is the author of Hebrews. He's saying sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that openly professes name. There are a few things in my life. I feel like I have hit a ceiling. I feel like that's why I, I, I got out of the country and I want some time to renew myself. You know, I, I don't want to end up a burnt out pastor. You know, I, I said to you guys, like, I need a time out. You know, I, I'm not a Superman and I need a time out. I need to clear my mind. I need to pray. I need to connect with godly people. I need, I need some divine touch, you know, and uh, God opened miraculously a door. And even though I'm in sabbatical, uh, I'm still uh, able to give and share the word that God puts in my heart. But one thing the Lord has been teaching me over this season is my attitude never should change. You may go through different phases in your life, but my attitude should be the same. What is my attitude? I'm still thankful. God, you are still good. Yes, it's challenging, but you are a good God. You know, when we, when we had all the reasons to sit and feel pity about the accident that happened, the car that we lost and the money that we lost. And the Lord kind of like rebuked us and said, hey, guys, you're still alive. You know, the baby in the womb is still alive. The, the, you, your wife is still alive. You, she could have been really hurt. Your son is alive. Your daughter is alive. I went on my knees and I said, God, I'm sorry. My attitude was shifted from praising you, thanking you to complain and murmur. Amen. Look at Psalms 40 verse 3 says, He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise out to our God. Many will see and hear the Lord and put their trust in him. He put a new song. That's, you know, you, you carry a song. That doesn't mean in the, in the ward you're working, you're going to be singing and shouting. No, it's just that spirit in you is so bubbly. People around you and say, wow, this guy carries the joy, the presence, the awareness of the presence of God is so clear that people will say, wow, I want that. At least I want to know what it is. If I don't know what it is, I'm going to go after him or her and to check out what it is. That is the presence of God. Amen. The Bible says at the night was Jesus was about to be betrayed. He broke the bread and he gave it to the disciples. Now, let me read a couple of more scriptures. I'm about to finish. Okay. Acts 10, 6, Acts 16, 25. It says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and other prisoners were listening to them. <laughs> Can you imagine this? This is a very, very humorous story. It's painful, but it's very humorous. The other prisoners are sitting and they're complaining and they're saying, what is going on? And here, these two guys, they are not in the most comfortable prison, like in Norway or anything. They are in the Roman cell, dark, old, cold, everybody rejected. That's there. <laughs> and they are singing and praying and singing hymns to God. They are not saying, God, why did you leave me here? They're not casting the demons. They're not cursing the Caesar. They are singing and praying and worshiping God. The other prisoners, can you imagine this? I want you to think about this. You go to the office and your boss is so mean to you, extremely mean to you. It's like mean on steroids. But then you have a heart. You worship God. You walk out with sense of joy. You, you serve the patients with all of your heart. The fellow worker, you, you, you bless him and greet him. The people want to walk at you and say, wow, what happened to Sandeep? What's going on with Chenny? What's going on with Prithi? Like, what is happening? Like, he, didn't know we hear how the boss just talked so bad, but the way they carry, what happened? You are carrying the heart of worship. Amen. 
Hallelujah. So I'm about to done, but I'm just going to wrap this up so that we can we can uh, finish this and then we're going to take communion. So these are the four things I want you to remember. Okay, this is what we hold closely. And then tomorrow, I mean, God willing, next week, we'll talk four more, uh, but we, we will stop here. The four things are, the first one is the name of Jesus. Who is the name of Jesus for us? Is our identity. Not in what I do, but in who I am. I am in Christ. Number two, the blood of Jesus. That's our security, the greatest insurance policy, the blood of Jesus. The blood set you free, not your righteousness set you free. The blood made you holy. The blood made you worthy. The blood made you righteous. The blood made you acceptable. The blood pleaded for you. The blood seated you up above in Christ. The blood, nothing about you, blood. Amen. Number three, the word of God which is the spirit of God, our authority, not to bash people, but to release the kingdom into people's life so that they can come back into the original design. Last but not the least, we do this, all of this with an attitude of praise and worship. That's our, that's our, that's how we carry, you know, that's who we are. This, this is what we, the people see. They see that we are the carriers of the presence of the living God. Amen. Amen.